0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live, and for the first time ever, we have an in-house guest. I want to welcome our executive producer and my brother Marco, who is co-hosting in-house with me tonight. How are you doing, brother?
1: Hey guys, how are you? I'm doing really good. I'm very excited to be here.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. It is. It is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't think the space enough was big enough for the both of us, but we got it to work. We managed it. We got it, it to work. Yep. I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, just a little note. If you are watching this on Instagram, because we are utilizing more screen real estate tonight, please flip on over to YouTube, Instagram. Sorry, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. Just look us up under Dead Talk Live, and you can enjoy the full broadcast there. You can see me. Exactly. Get, see <laughs> us all. Because on Instagram, you're only going to get a limited portion. That's because they only allow streams in portrait mode. But anyway, how many of you guys checked out the interview that we had this past Saturday with Ronan Rubinstein? It was an absolutely fabulous interview. And what stunned me the most was uh, he did an Instagram story after the interview that just was amazing. So I'm just going to play it back for you guys. Uh, The first part is pre-interview, about 15 minutes before the interview. He did a story, and the second half is after the interview. So check this out.
2: I'm going to go pour myself a glass of wine for this interview. Uh, I'm vibrating right now. Um, If you want to join us, ask some questions, YouTube link below. Um, I'll see you in 15 minutes. I love you guys. (laughs) I don't really know what to say. Um, I'll see you soon. Ciao. Man. I don't know if you guys just watched that, but that got emotional. Their executive producer had this super heartfelt message, um, you guys made me tear up live. Did not see that happening. Uh, um seriously, thank you for that. Um you guys are are epic. Um had amazing guests, so I'm I'm honored to be on the show. And uh if you missed the interview, link is below. Um and I'm still vibrating from what just happened. Uh can't believe you guys voted for myself and Raphael, and and it was, it's a beautiful night. Um, I can't wait for January. Um, I love you guys.
0: Good night. So there you guys have it. How did that make that you feel? That
1: was incredible. I mean, I uh, was asleep when that came in, and I woke up and I saw that, and I was, it was so heartfelt because it was so genuinely true for my end and the fact that he took the time out to appreciate it and and feel how wonderful and heartfelt it was it was it was touching it was it was beautiful and i and ronan if you're out there watching this i thank you for your support and for what you do so yes i it was it was great it was overwhelming thank you very much it was great Yeah. yeah
0: and i had to capture that and i sent it to our entire team and again, Bronan, thank you so much. You were a great interview, and it was our honor to have you here with us. Now, we did get a video submission today from uh, TB Edits. We're going to be playing that in a little bit. Uh, just first, a news story. This is about Andrew. Andrew Lincoln talks about when he had to leave The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead star Andrew Lincoln has joked that it was a terrible decision to leave the zombie drama back in 2018. Having featured as the main character, Rick Grimes, for a total of nine seasons, the London-born actor decided to pack his bags and leave the AMC production, which based itself in Georgia. During the cast's virtual reunion fundraiser yesterday, Lincoln reflected on his choice to leave it all behind. I don't know what the South was, he began. I'd never been to the South. And then I went to Georgia, and I fell in love with this extraordinary city, Atlanta. Living and working in the South was extraordinary. There's a sort of English attitude about the South. There's sort of quiet uh, patronizing at dinner parties, I said. This is the most advanced, civilized, extraordinary, progressive place I have ever been to in my life. And that was 12 years ago. Joined by the likes of Negan, uh, star Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Daryl's Norman Reedus, Michonne de Nye Guerrera, and Morgan's Lenny James, Lincoln went on to reference their shared connection to that part of the world. You guys, I love, I mean, the connection that we had to the land, to the place, to the people. He noted, Arthur, my 10-year-old son, won't let me take a job Unless it's in Georgia. And now he dismisses it. He goes, take me back there. I came back home for the kids and now they're sick of me. And I wish I'd never left. It's bullshit. It was a terrible decision. As he goes on laughing. It's not all doom and gloom though, because he'll be back as Rick in a movie trilogy soon. Now, let me ask you, before we get into this whole trilogy thing, This movie, when it was announced, Scott Gimple, it was supposed to be out. Now the COVID, the delays, that's all understandable. But in your opinion, when is it that we're actually going to get to see this, whether at home or in the theaters?
1: Well, from what I remember, they're supposed to start scheduling filming sometime early in 2021. And again, The COVID situation is day by day. I mean, we hear uh, news stories about how Europe is really bad and uh, London today had to shut down and it's going everywhere. So who knows? I just don't want a lot of time to pass because when time passes, people just lose interest. Like For example, let's take Wonder Woman, which was supposed to come out in June of this year and then it got delayed to August and then it got pushed to September and now Christmas. I'm not looking forward as much as I was to seeing it six months ago. And that's what's gonna happen with this. But with the flip side of it, we do have the Walking Dead series episodes coming up in January. And then we do have season 11 starting. So there's gonna be Walking Dead coming soon. So hopefully that Rick Grimes movie will kind of still keep people's mind fresh and the movies we will see them. I know Scott wants to see them on the screen and I believe they should be on the screen. So the little bit that it delays, hopefully the whole pandemic situation will get on the wraps and we will see it in in the screen. I'd love for it to come out in October, November of 2021 to coincide with the season. But I don't know. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. Let's just hope Andrew, you know, stays positive and he always has the door possibility open to come back to Walking Dead whenever he feels like it. So it's not like he was killed. He's the door is always there.
0: Now, what do you I mean, let's go to the movie theater uh, because I've talked a lot about this. What do you see the future? Because right now, are uh, movie theaters going to survive this? I don't know. I wish I wish I had
1: an answer. I mean, I remember when we were younger, we used to go to the movies every week to see a new film. It was exciting for us. Mm-hmm. It was, and then as it progressed, it became more of a task than a chore, because you know you have to plan it. The, tickets sell out quicker the prices go up there's it just wasn't as exciting anymore and I I don't know I wish that it would stick around I love the old town movie houses the ones that you kind of see in those little towns where they only play one movie a week and you kind of did it when I was uh, working in San Francisco a few years ago there was one movie theater there and I got to see the new Mission Impossible movie all by myself. And it felt like I was in a small town. That's what I miss about the theaters. Mm -hmm. I think now with streaming and HBO Max and and Disney, we are so spoiled rotten with getting movies at our convenience at our home. Most people want to stay at home in their pajamas. And now you can buy an 85-inch screen TV and watch it and feel like you're in the theater anyway.
0: What do, you, what do you think about Warner Brothers' decision, theater, limited theater, full the I HBO think it's great. Yeah. My
1: thing is let's get the film out to the fans. Yeah. Let's get the film out there, if whatever it is. I, I know that uh, David Gordon Green had to push Halloween Kills back a year, and he said that if for some reason the pandemic doesn't work, he goes, I will go to all the major cities in the country, rent out a theater, and show my film my film needs to be seen because it's a positive film. It's different from the Halloween that we saw. He wants that movie out there. Yeah. So, he will do whatever they can. Blumhouse will do whatever he can to show that movie. So, with Warner Brothers kind of being proactive. And remember, it's not just Wonder Woman. It's it's Kong versus Godzilla. It's the new um uh,
0: The Top Gun to, Yeah, movie. it's
1: the Top Gun movie. Also the oh my god, it's the Keanu Reeves movie, Neo. Um, Matrix thank 4. Thank you. I can <laughs> I mean, it's all these films that are just sitting on the shelf that we're not getting a chance to
0: see. Exactly. So, yeah, so... <sighs> For me, I don't... I mean, uh, I read an interview from Scott Gimple where he is still very optimistic about a full theater release. <sighs> I I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think this is... Uh, uh, I think these studios, network studios, Hollywood studios are going to have to adjust And find a way to still make a profit, still give us big budget films, but adjust their model into at-home viewing. So we got to see what to come up with and uh, we'll see how it goes. Now, let's go to that video submission. It is by TB Edits. Uh, It's another Walking Dead tribute. So without further delay, guys, check it out. together, bound forever to walk the bond, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, he today. <laughs>
2: Again, let's put him dead. Hey, uh.
1: We are! We are! If I wanted to attack, I'd hold the gun like this. With the dangerous part pointed at you, see? Dick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Drop it. Mm-hmm. There you go. You like to that.
0: Never, TB edits, thighs, but never disappoints. Yeah. Man, if that doesn't get your juices flowing. Broke back a lot. Uh, I don't know what will. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, so Andrew Lincoln does give a filming update uh, during that contest they did yesterday. The Walking Dead star Andrew Lincoln has revealed that the first Rick Grimes movie could be ready to shoot as early as next spring. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, very few updates have been given regarding the production of the spinoff trilogy with Scott Gimple saying in the autumn that the first script was still being worked on. But then speaking to us to the Associated Press, Andrew, who plays Rick, shared that he is hopeful everybody will be able to start filming in the new year. It does feel there is a certain sense of positivity and the cavalry is coming with the vaccines. He added, there's a real sort of sense of renewal, hopefully. In the summer, creator Robert Kirkman said he was optimistic that the Rick movies will be nothing short of spectacular. I think to have Andrew Lincoln reprising his role as Rick Grimes is a very special thing, he explained. If we're able to do these movies in any way that was lackluster, I think it would be a disservice to him. A disservice to the character of Rick Grimes, and a disservice to the fans. Meanwhile, there is continued speculation that Denai Guerrera will make an appearance in the spin-off as Michonne following her exit from the main show. I really hope these two reunite is what I could say, showrunner Angela Kang said earlier this year when asked about the possibility, it's sort of not my realm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Angela has nothing to do with the movies. No, not as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. She's just with The Walking yeah. Dead. She's doing these six extra episodes, but she doesn't have anything to do with the I mean, she
1: might get a call from Scott about character reference or making sure that, you know, there's nothing. You know how sometimes when you kind of forget a fact about a character, she might, Call her and say, "Hey, Angela. I don't remember. Does Rick do this or that?" But as far as the contributing to the movies, I think it's Scott. I think it's his. It's his baby. She's going to concentrate on the shows.
0: Yep, yep. And I want to welcome some of our viewers. Summer just joined the uh, broadcast, saying, "Hey, Viz. Hey, Marco. See, she, Summer has been stepping out and calling Marco Hoboo, not me. And it's okay. I haven't noticed Summer. We're good. We're good." Welcome to Colette on Facebook. Welcome to Philip Thompson, who's also on Facebook. Philip, I've been reading your chats as we've been going along. It looks like you got COVID, and I hope you fully recover. Uh, You know, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Lindsay Sparks, our regular, is also with us. Cece Weezy is with us. Daniel is with us on YouTube. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in tonight. Like I said, if you are on Instagram, please tune in to any one of our other four streaming networks to enjoy the full broadcast tonight. And there's an article here about Bob, Bobaholic, Bob Stokey, okay, Barbecue, the man with an uh, endless amount of nicknames. He met his tragic end on The Walking Dead season five, but why? He was an important member of Rick's group who joined off-screen in the time skip between Seasons 3 and Seasons 4. Bob remained with them through the end of the battle with the governor. After everyone was split up, Bob was put in the company of Maggie, Sasha, with whom he became romantically involved. Bob's time on The Walking Dead was nearing its end, When the group was finally reunited at the end of season four, when they met the Terminus cannibals. Apparently Bob was already on death's door by that point uh, because he got bit. That sped up the cannibals' defeat. They used Bob uh, to drop them off so they can lure Rick and company to come out and look for them. Well, let's just say it did not end well for Gareth. And uh, Gareth got exactly what he deserved. What was the actor's name? Michael
1: J. West. No, Andrew J. West. Andrew J. West.
0: Andrew J. West. Now, today, uh, as you can see, uh, Marco is wearing his Halloween T-shirt. Tonight, we are going to be talking about the two all-time famous slashers okay before we go on though i just want to give a shout out to two birthdays today very important that's right
1: uh tom Payne, if you're out there happy birthday you turn 38 and of course the lovable stephen yoon also happy birthday as well you're also turning 37 i hope you enjoy your day on the first day of winter and have a great 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 birthday
0: that's right it's jesus's and glenn's birthday And Glenn is 37. That that means he was just like 26, 27 when he started the show. Yeah, he
1: played young, yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, Well, happy birthday to both those guys. I hope you guys are enjoying your day. And while we're going to be discussing uh, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees today, two of the most famous slashers in movie history, we put together a collection of clips that we are going to be playing right above us, okay? And these are basically uh, just, you know, their best kills or a collection of their favorite kills between Jason and Michael Myers. So while we're talking, that's going to be playing right up above us. So I want to ask you, because when Friday the 13th, which came out first? Halloween, Halloween,
1: 1978,
0: and when did Friday the Thirteenth come 1980. out? 1980. 1980. So, did you see Halloween first?
1: No, we. I saw. I was too young to see Halloween, I didn't see it in the movies. And growing up with the way we grew up, we really weren't very allowed to see horror movies, as you remember. Mm-hmm. So, my first experience of both films were when they were when they hit cable back in the early 80s, Um, and I think I saw Halloween first, and then I saw Friday the 13th afterwards, but it was around the same time because with cable back then, you would wait at least a year until the movie would hit cable system. It wasn't like it is now where the movie's released in one month and then two months later you can stream it. Exactly. So that's for, I mean, again, we're aging ourselves. So that's what it was a big difference back then. It was really fun and anticipated to watch these films. It was really, really good. And I also want to say something that people get confused about them. remember, Michael and Jason are not serial killers. Michael and Jason are mass murderers. And a lot of times... Even in the films, they say the quote from a serial killer. Serial killers have a pattern, like Hannibal. Hannibal Lecter was a serial killer, and um, uh, John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer. They had a motive. These are just the serial killers, the mass murderers. That's what it is. So I kind of want to clear that up a little bit because, you know, we get the difference. We use the word serial killer so much that we have to kind of stop and say, What's the basis of a serial killer? Son of Sam was a serial killer because they killed with one motive. Uh, Buffalo Bill from ha- uh, Silence of the Lambs, the classic case of a perfect serial killer. He had a pattern, he had a motive. That's why the FBI caught them, because at some point you're going to
0: make a mistake. Exactly. They have what the FP- what they call signatures. Right. They have a preference in victims. Right. Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, they're going to kill anybody that comes across their way. Right. Uh, but... Michael Myers does not harm little kids. He doesn't. He doesn't. He
1: doesn't harm baby. Yes, he doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, I I was very surprised when in Halloween Kills, he actually killed that 12-year-old boy that was with his dad in the beginning of the movie. And again, if you haven't seen it, I'm spoiling it for you. That's all right. You should see it. Anyway, there's a scene where the bus turns over and a father and son are driving along the road. And that's the first time that Michael actually kills somebody who's I would say, as and a child. you know
0: that just that—that re- that really surprised me. Yeah, surprised me. That as well broke too. what 40, 30 years yeah. of tradition. Yeah,
1: and I remember, and remember, you have to put yourself in Michael's mind. Michael's been trapped. He doesn't know anything except Haddonfield. He doesn't know anything about what home is for him. So he was trying to get to Haddonfield, and at that point, when you have somebody locked up for forty years, that has. A, a passion and a desire for something they're going to do whatever they can to get to where they need to go. So that was a shock to me. That was that was very surprising and I was like, wow, okay, that's the first time we've seen it. I mean, the teenagers we understand that they're kind of getting in the way and so and but this was a he couldn't have been what? 12 years old, I think. He was a kid. Well, Michael? No, the 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 little boy with the father. He was he was he was, he was, a, he was a preteen. Yeah, he was, he a, was a preteen. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was kind of
0: So, so you saw Michael, you were introduced to Michael first? Then, well, Friday the 13th is not Jason Voorhees. It's his mother, Pamela. Mm -hmm. When did Friday the 13th Part Two come out? 1981. Okay, so when you finally met Jason, remember, the first movie we saw Jason Voorhees in, he did not have his iconic uh, hockey mask. He got that hockey mask in the third movie after killing a character by the name of shelly that's correct yeah and shelly had that hockey mask on uh to play a prank right so michael kills shelly and ever since then it's become his iconic right. mask now when you got to see jason in friday the 13th part two friday the 13th part three and then halloween 2 it must have come out by that point mm-hmm. Did you have a clear favorite between the two at those See, early no, stages? See, no, that's the
1: best part about it because they were so th- great together. But what happened was we, the Halloween franchise kind of took a, a dip when Halloween 3 came out because there was no Michael Myers involved. So we got continuing and saw Jason for another four or five years until Halloween 4 came out in 1988. So we had a preference with, with Jason. Jason was in our lives for a long time before Michael came back.
0: Now, I just want to say Halloween 3, you're right. Halloween 3 has nothing to do no. with Michael Myers. Now, I remember you years ago mentioning that when Carpenter initially created the Halloween movies, they were meant to be anthologies. Right. Is that true? Yes. So each, each Halloween movie was supposed to be a separate story. Right, like- right.
1: But then that's what they were moving past Halloween 3. That was going to be the first of the anthologies. But that movie didn't do very well. And people were wanting Michael Myers back. We want Michael back. But they had to kind of come up with the perfect time frame. That's why in 19, I think in late 87, when the film started to kind of be put together and um mustafa Akkad, who at that time was a producer of the film was like let's bring michael back but how do we bring him back and then that's how we kind of got the introduction of jamie lloyd how she was a niece and they um you know laurie at that point got married very young and he got into a car accident and she was raised by the, um who were the uh the family that raised them i can't think of the family now the last
0: name the strode's no it
1: was uh when the um, the, the the girl the girl that was the family that Jamie was growing up with. Oh, I forgot. I can't think of yeah, the name. So yeah. if anybody knows it, Saz, if you know it, please send us a hello. I remember, I I, I it kind of like it kind of went right out of my mind. But yeah, so there was and then they kind of re- brought Michael back, and they did they did part four, they brought part five, and then they started to kind of make him part of a druid priest, and he was part of a well, cult. Let's, but which we'll i jump in ahead. L- there,
0: let's back up yeah. a second because after Halloween three. Uh, there was a, uh, there was a period where mm-hmm. we had no Halloween movies right. and then Halloween four, which I loved Halloween yeah. four. That's when we're introduced to Danielle Harris, yeah. who has been, uh, in the movie as her character's name is Jamie, 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 Jamie yeah. which is just uh, funny because Lori Strode, Jamie I think they, Curtis, did that on purpose. Yes, yeah. they did that on purpose. So we got to meet little Danielle Harris. And Danielle Harris was brought back for the Rob Zombie movies. Correct. So she, uh, you know, she has become very big right. in the Halloween culture. Yep. What did you think when you saw Halloween Four? How they picked up Michael's story by the from the end of Halloween Two? I
1: thought it was. I thought it was great. I mean, I knew that he survived the fire. There's no way that he was going to die, and the fact that he was kept away for a long time and he was. Building up rage, and I love that that instant moment when they're in the beginning of the ambulance and the ambulance drivers are there, and they, they mention that she's his guardian, and you feel the rage in him kind of build up and so forth.
0: Carruthers, that's it, that's it. Thank, thank you. you, thank yeah, you, that's Car- it, the thank you,
1: yeah. So that was that was great that we got to see a story of her and so forth, and, then it, and it kind of made a connection between Michael and Jamie. There was kind of like that's but again. One thing that makes him so unique is that we know nothing about why his rage was what he was, and I think the the sequels after that, part four, five, and six, kind of gave us an idea. Like, let's kind of build the reason why, and that's why they did the whole story where he was worshipped by the Jewish priests, and you know that explains his madness, and he has to kill his bloodline. I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought the movies, they're, again, they're. If you're a Michael Myers fan, you're going to go see a movie whether, regardless or not. It got killed by the critics, but the fans loved it. It made its money. It did what it did. And it kind of brought Michael back into the new decade, into the new, uh, like, it, it, kind exactly. it kind of revived yeah, It kind of, yeah, brought and, back and, to the new
0: and generation. And back in the 80s and the 90s, the big question was, who is the biggest and baddest of the killers? Was it Michael, Jason, and then there's a third, Freddy Krueger? Right. Freddie from Nightmare on Elm Street was huge. Those were the three biggest killers. Well, uh, time has passed, and history has now given us the answer. Michael Myers has survived, yeah. okay? Uh, all the decades that have passed, there are still movies being made about Michael Myers, while the Freddy Krueger and the Jason Voorhees stories have sort of faded away. Now, didn't you say they're redoing another Friday the Thirteenth?
1: Yeah, I heard Paramount and New Line are kind of trying to reboot Friday the Thirteenth again. I there's nothing on paper as far as when and how and why, but they want to bring him back because when they did the remake in 2009, they were supposed to do a sequel of that film, but it just never got off the ground. So they left Michael's car. up uh, sorry, they left Jason's character to kind of come back in a film. Now, I don't know whether they'll pick up from that or whether they'll just do a reboot. But what was so great about that Friday the 13th film was that they took elements of the first four films and combined it into one. So when the film opens, it's present time 1980 where the where the last camp counselor is about to meet Mrs. Voorhees as opposed to the first film where we have a backstory of Jason's life. So yeah. it takes all the four films. You know, with the kids in the wood and the lodging. And we got to see Camp Crystal Lake. So that it took all four films and of Brandon. That's why I think the movie was very well. People can relate to it. Because the first four chapters were actually a beginning, a middle, and an end of Jason. And Mm -hmm. then the films were so good that they, you know, brought him back in parts six, seven, eight, and so forth.
0: Now, being a teenager yourself, when you first saw, let's just take the the first movies. Friday the 13th. We know it's not Jason. It's his mom, Pamela Voorhees. And Halloween, Michael Myers as a little kid, six-year-old boy. And that was just a shocker. Back in 1978, when the movie starts, you see somebody, a hand, picking up a mask, killing a sister, and then goes down the stairs, uh, two adults arrive, they pull the mask off, and it's a six-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, I mean, that grabbed you Terrifying, right then and there.
1: Because it shows you that anyone any age can can have rage and hatred inside them. And why not a little kid? And then years later, we've got to see so many films about little kids that have been evil, like The Brood and The Omen. So it continues. So having a child is absolutely terrifying.
0: Now, being a teenager yourself, when you first saw these two movies, which one scared you the most? I know it's going way back, but which one actually scared you the most? Well, I would have to say Michael. The reason why is
1: because I felt sorry for Jason because Jason was a product of what happened in his life. Remember, you have to realize you're you're dealing with a, a, a seven-year-old boy who was protected by a loving mother that trusted someone to take care of him but ended up
0: letting him drown. Letting him drown. So I understand. Because the story goes that we're having sex.
1: Right, exactly. So I understand Pamela Voorhees' rage. I love Pamela Voorhees. I mean, I thought that what she did Again, please don't send me bad letters for this, for being a a parent or whatever, but I think what she did as a parent was a wonderful thing to protect other children from the situation that happened to her son. What was the actress's name? Uh, It was Betsy Palmer. Betsy Betsy Palmer Palmer. was a brilliant actress. And and again, a little side story. She didn't want to do the movie. She goes, I don't want to do this scary horror crap. Mm -hmm. But I remember reading an interview that she was looking to buy a car at the time. (laughs) So that would have covered her car. Little did she know that she was... And it's funny because even when she goes to conventions, people were like giving her their babies and taking pictures of her babies. So she was loved as a mother. She wasn't looked at as this psychotic serial killer. She was looked at as a person that protected her child and wanted to protect other children from happening to them again.
0: Now, being so young, when you were watching Friday the 13th, the original for the first time, were you surprised to find out that the killer was actually a woman?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There wasn't anything like that back then. We didn't have a lot of women. Uh, we had a lot of women heroes because, remember, this was... After Sigourney Weaver an Alien, this is after like these. So we didn't have like a woman that was an actual a killer. A villain, an a villain, exactly, yeah. and and the thing that they kept it so concealed throughout the whole. There was little glimpses of her. There's this I watched the movie so many times that when Nettie sees her going in the cabin, there's a really good scene if you pause it really well. You can actually see that it is Betsy Palmer in a black leather jacket going yeah. into the cabin. But again, when you watch it the first time, you don't catch it the first time. No. So there's all these little hints and clits and so forth. So when she came on the screen and I was like, whoa, you know, and she came, you know, the she got out of the car. The lights were beaming. She goes, hi, I'm Mrs. Voorhees. I'm a friend of the Christie's. You're like, OK. And then Alice, who was Adrian King, who's a phenomenal Hugged her because she's like, Oh my God, this woman is not threatening. Yeah, it's, yeah, she's like, You know, it's a a woman in the mid 60s, but then little do we know that that's exactly what happened. So that was, that was terrifying. And that's what I think Jason's reason was. Jason grew up not knowing anything except the love of his mom. And that's why I kind of, yeah, don't get me wrong. So
0: do you think that the, because this is mythology, this is lore, that Jason saw his mom getting beheaded?
1: I believe that. Uh, was that
0: ever confirmed by Cunningham or No, anybody? Cunningham
1: never confirmed it, but Marcus Nispel in the remake confirmed it. Okay. So we do see that if you watch the extended version, there's a scene where Jason, as a little boy, sees his mother being beheaded, walks up to her, takes the little brooch from her neck, and takes the machete and walks away. Okay. So that's where I think that kind of put the films together. So I do believe that that kind of synced the original series with Jason seeing his mother being beheaded.
0: And we also, of course, see in part two, he created a shrine with her head.
1: Exactly. His mother's thing. Exactly.
0: And and, uh, Alice, that he puts that head Mm -hmm. in her refrigerator. He goes out, finds her. Uh, The first kill that Michael has is to avenge his mother. Right. That's the first person. It's the, the
1: Jason's killed us. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> we get killed... Confused. So uh, apologies in advance, fans, yeah, if we get the names well, confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: Jason's first kill was to avenge his mom. Right. He goes and finds Alice, and that's yeah. the opening sequel, yeah. the opening sequence of Friday the 13th Part 2. Now, going back to Michael again, what I liked about Michael and what I think Rob Zombie did not capture in his remake... Is Michael is the boogeyman, meaning he's there then he's not there. Right. I think Rob Zombie humanized Michael Myers. I agree with you, hundred percent.
1: I agree, that's very true. And also too, Tyler Maine who played Michael, is six eight. Yeah. So if I'm in a situation where he's in front of me, I'm effed. Pardon my expression. Yeah. Because you know he's very towering. When I see. Michael, like when uh, Nick Castle holds Michael in the first movie, he's five ten. I could see me taking a swing at him and maybe getting out of it. Yeah. But when you've got Tyler, Tyler's a different story. He's he's very menacing, and I don't know whether Rob did that on purpose to kind of feel the audience, but it, it served its purpose. I don't. Um, I think we talked about the TV shows. I don't compare the movies together. I think they're two separate films the same story but you're right in michael and rob zombie's version of michael you, you humanize and you feel for him a little bit because he's trying to connect with his sister and we know that's a sister
0: and we get such a
1: bigger back exactly with, with, with john carpenter's version what makes him so terrifying is that you don't know why this person is after me and that's the most terrifying thing because in reality there's a lot of people that are stalked every day that are, you know, that are killed and captured because just somebody's obsessed with you, and that's really terrifying. And that's what makes Michael so terrifying. You don't know why there was a connection there, so that was really good. And the chemistry between David Curtis and and the actor the played was such, such great. You could tell that they 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 bedded off really really well, and that's why I, 40 years later, this. The, I guess the sequel made sense to bring it back and kind of still keep the same tradition going. Because Jamie would could have said, you know, the story is about the GOCs, it's about people that have been, uh, you know, hunted sure. and, and trapped and being harassed for years, and, you know, finally their payback. And that's why I think will so good. It really is. I can't believe it.
0: And, you know, going back to the original, when John Carpenter made the original Halloween, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis' character Laurie Strode was not Michael Myers' sister.
1: No, there was no connection there.
0: That did not come till the second movie. Right. right, right. Uh, and it caught fire. Because I guess people when they made Halloween 2 wanted to know why did Michael get obsessed with Laurie Strode. And the way I answer that question is simple. It's simply once he escapes ha- um, Smith's Grove and he goes back to his hometown of Haddonfield. He goes back to his old house. It is Jamie Lee Curtis who drops off the keys for her dad, who's a realtor, mm-hmm. who's showing off the house. So that is a person that Michael sees. He made a
1: connection. And he makes
0: a, he makes a connection with her. Yeah. And that's problem? why he's the object of his stalking. Uh and that was not explained. Okay. He just wanted that's to how I that. feel it happened. So in the second movie, they decided to add that twist where let's make Jamie Lee Curtis's character Michael Myers' sister. And then from there, it just took off. So if you guys have seen Halloween 2018, it's actually addressed when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter... Yeah,
1: Allison and Vicki and Dave are walking to school and... Dave said, oh, I hear it was, you know, sister's uh, brother and he's standing in the alphabet. Like, no, that's just a story that people made up to make them feel better. So they kind of knocked that theory yes, right Carpenter out the window. Carpenter wanted just
0: to make it like, clear that for Halloween 2018, that whole sister thing is not real. Right. It never happened. Okay. okay? And it's driven home even more when that lunatic... Uh, a doctor. He wants to. He wants to bring Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis together. He wants to see what the hunter and the prey react to each other once they're brought out into the wild. The guy was sick. He was obsessed
1: with Michael. He was. A, uh, he wanted to see what it felt like. And then in that scene where he stabs uh, Frank, the police officer, and he kind of gets a taste of what it is to kill somebody. That's where his madness actually kind of just came in, where it actually fed more because now he actually has a kill under him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that was a great... Uh, and he was a great actor, that actor, too. He's, he was, he was yeah. amazing. And
0: uh, it just goes to show you that Michael doesn't care, yeah. okay? Uh, He crushed his head as he was a stranger. Yeah. He didn't care that he's been his doctor. He didn't care that it's because of him... That he got freed again. Yes. Yeah. He's the one that sabotaged that bus accident because he wanted Michael Myers out into the open. And I was getting to the point that when uh, Michael's in front of the house where Jamie Lee Curtis is at, this is Halloween 2018 now. He hears Jamie Lee Curtis's voice, and he's like, "Whoa," you know, just the way he does that head motion. He did not. He had forgotten all yeah. about her. She did not spend 40 years uh in the the sanitarium obsessing over obsessing her, over her. now no. i have a question for
1: you though why do you th- isn't it funny how like michael does everything at a 90 degree angle is that really cool have you yeah. noticed it yeah. like the, stands the, up the head tilt is always amazing to me like if anyone has a theory out there of why you guys think that please you know type it in let us know it's so like right now, like for example, if you're watching the screen right now, you see the kills. He has a way of admiring his kills. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. Where Jason, Jason doesn't have that as much because him. He's, he's just flat out yeah, brutal. Yeah, Jason doesn't have as much, but Michael, he just he's he's it's like it's like he's a little boy on Christmas morning. He's like so excited, like oh my god, I killed somebody again, and just his reaction is so different. And going back to what you said about Freddy Krueger, what makes Michael and Jason more intimidating is that there's no verbal communication like there were a lot of times when i watched the even elsewhere movies i actually turned them off because they're corny to me and not nothing against robert england i we met robert england he's a wonderful great actor there wouldn't be a nightmare without him i couldn't see anybody else playing him but i like my seal sorry my mass murderers to be stoked Or i don't know what you're thinking
0: all right what do you say to jason burns comment kane Hodder was the ultimate jason yeah oh absolutely Absolutely. That's another person we met.
1: Yeah, another great another great man and you know he did the
0: He's thing. not as menacing as Tyler May, but he is a big guy.
1: Yeah, and you know he did uh parts 7, 8, 9, 10 which were amazing and he was actually ready to be casted in the remake of Friday the 13th in 2009 but for some reason when the studio changed directors and Ronnie came in to direct they went with Derek Mears who's another great actor. Derek Mears is 6'7". I think they wanted somebody a little bit more menacing for that but um, that's another great film as well too because that also connected Jason to Amanda Rigetti's character who played Whitney because they, she reminded him of his mother and there was a, So if you watch the movie again, I'm just saying it because I watched it early today. If you watch the movie again, there's a lot of great sweet moments where Jason feels it Because he's looking at this woman who knows he can't keep around but reminds him of his mom. And there's a really cool moment where Whitney's character tries to humanize him by showing him a picture in the locket. And, you know, Jason kind of pauses for a minute. But then his madness comes in. And he flips script. And that, that's just so genius, the way... And Derek did that really well because yeah. you know he's. I mean, for you for you guys who don't know Derek Mears, look him up. He's a very menacing actor. He was also in um, the Hatchet movies and the Victor Crowley movies. He's done a lot of stunts. Uh, great actor, great, 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 great actor to play Jason. But um, yeah, now
0: my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie is. The final chapter. Yeah, Okay. by far. Now, on October 5th, we had Tom Savini as part of a guest panel that consisted of Greg Nicotero and Anthony Depone and, of course, Tom Savini. Tom Savini is the guy who brought us Jason in, in the first Friday the 13th uh, when he comes out of the lake and pulls Alice down. Whether that was a dream sequence or not, more than likely, probably was. But that makeup effects of how Jason was depicted... That was Tom Savini. They brought Tom Savini back in Friday, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, which is called the Final Chapter, to kill him. That was supposedly going to be the last Jason movie. Tom Savini, he said on the show, they brought me back and I killed him, and then they brought him back again. And yeah. <laughs> like he was annoyed at that. But I gotta say that Part Four with Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, that was great. The kills in that movie. Yeah. It actually had a great story. Yeah. Right,
1: it absolutely. had a great
0: story uh, with the family that was already living at the camp. The hitchhiker yeah. that was brought in.
1: That's supposedly the... linked to one of the characters from part two. Yeah. Yeah, that
0: was a great... Wasn't yeah. he there trying to find out yeah, what happened to Jason. his sister? Yeah, he was for Jason. Yeah,
1: Sandy, who was the girl. I'm assuming that's the girl... That was in part two that got killed with a boyfriend with a spear. Yes, because that—that's what I—that's what I'm assuming. With now here's what, what, whats your favorite Friday the Thirteenth kill? Out of curiosity, and oh, I want, and I want people to send in as well too. I mean, I know mine. So, I, well, I mean, this
0: is not the kill, but in Friday in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. Uh, what was the guy? the The actor's name, I think it was the guy who was uh, who played the hooded figure and smiley face. Oh, Christopher Glover. Yeah, yeah, when he's. Uh, Hung up against the doorframe with the corkscrew, yeah. and Jason just shrug, just pulls him down. pulls him down. Yeah. And the way he kills him initially with the corkscrew to the hand, and then a machete across the face. Yeah, that's... that has to be one of my favorites. What's yeah. yours? Mine
1: was Andy's in part three, with uh, the hands. Uh, I felt that uh, as a, as a man and guys, if you're out there, you know what we're talking about right yeah. here,
0: right? Now, and I would describe <laughs> that scene. Now, Andy. Yeah. Uh, and Friday the 13th part 3 is the dude that liked to walk on his hands yeah yeah. So, and, he, uh,
1: yeah. so he was actually the girlfriend was in the shower and he asked her if she wanted a beer and she said no so he kind of started walking on his hands to out of the bathroom and then all of a sudden the camera you see the camera on top with Jason about to chop him, but then the camera goes on the bottom, so you see the full effect of the machete cutting him, in, and down. And then just his reaction just kind of fell over. It, I think every man in the theater just kind of went, oh! Uh, you and, know? And,
0: and right before <laughs> that, as he's walking on his hands in and out of that room, in the corner shot, you can see he goes into the room, there's nobody there. Yeah. Once he comes out of the room, you see Jason's legs. Yeah. Yeah. You see Jason's legs right there seconds before he splits him in half. C.C.
2: Yeah. Uh, Weezy says
1: the guy in the wheelchair, too. That's also very well, too. And actually, that actor passed away for real, which is a shame. wasn't that part two? That, that was part two. two. That yeah. was very... That was kind of... Because that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because it was one of those scenes where you're just sitting there. You know you what's know going to happen. Is it going to be from the back? Is it going to be... And that just kind of kind of came out from nowhere as well, too. That with, with Michael's kills, I have... I don't even know where to no, start yo, with know him. Because they're so...
0: They're not as brutal as Jason's kills, yeah. but they are just as great. Now, let's talk about Firefighters Part 3, which was, when it was released in theaters, it was in 3D. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Back in the 80s, 3D movies were very rare, but they were a treat to see. I didn't get to see it in the Sorry. theater. But another one of my favorite kills is when he crushes the guy's skull yeah. and the eyeball comes popping out.
1: At the Paul Kratka played that. Do
0: you remember watching that in the theater? Did the yeah, eyeball the eye
1: came right out at you, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you guys did not know, Friday the 13th Part 3 was made in 3D and shown in 3D in movie theaters.
1: And what was good about that was the main character role who, uh, who played Chris, Dana Kimball. Also, there's a backstory where she actually met Jason. She met a hooded, a, a figure in the woods that terrorized her. So we got to see a little bit of uh, off-screen of what Jason did over the years that he's been living by Camp Crystal Lake. So we know that he, yeah. he was there. He was a presence.
0: I got to correct Lindsay Sparks, who says that in Halloween, the Robbie was Terrence staff. It was. It was Malcolm McDowell. Dowell. malcolm mcdowell yeah. yeah yeah Terrence stamp who i know very well yep. great actor he played in superman 2 or yeah zod yep. no it was malcolm mcdowell yeah. who played the loomis, Dr. loomis version in uh the rob zombie halloween now i gotta admit halloween 2 rob zombie complete disappointment yeah great kills Some really good kills. The whole white horse, I just did not know where Rob Zombie was going with that. I really don't.
1: I remember him saying something in the press that he wanted to do it himself because he didn't want another director to kind of mess up the first film. But I think he was struggling with Dimension and and the, the, the studio Dimension Pictures to kind of get it together. So I don't think he was even that happy with the final product. And I do remember that there were two endings. Remember, because we talked about mm-hmm. it. I had seen one in the theater and you yeah. didn't the other. So that was kind of weird how that happened. But yeah, that was and he couldn't use Doug Frege who played young Michael, because I mean, young, yeah, young Michael, because he had grown so much in the two years and they had to recast the actor to play him. And it was just a sloppy film. Scout Taylor Compton was messy and the friend it, it just wasn't it
0: yeah it's well in the halloween the original the 2007 rob zombie that definitely has two alternate endings you have the one where uh i believe he comes charging at her and they fall out the window together right. and then there's an alternate ending where michael comes out of the house he's surrounded by police and he gets like about 100 bullets Bulletin, yeah shot in him yeah. and he drops down yeah so I think Rob Zombie, after he did the 2007, his initial plan was to kill Michael That's it. Off. Uh but you know it was very successful. Yeah. It made a lot of money, and of course they wanted to make. Uh, a sequel and it came out well. in August,
1: which is a good time to release a big movie like that, because there's not a lot of... January and August are two failing months of big blockbuster films. So if you're lucky enough to release a great film in those months, it'll, it'll be successful. He didn't want to release it on Halloween. He didn't want to kind of keep it the tradition. He like, you know, release it a couple of months earlier, because I think he wanted it out on video or on demand by Halloween. So people could get a chance to see it then.
0: So let's talk about the two movies that we have not seen yet, okay? Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends. Uh, as far as you know, Halloween are they both done filming? Halloween Kills is done. It's done. It's edited. It's sitting on the shelf.
1: Uh, that film is going to be incredible because what I read is that there, this is going to be a film where the town of Haddonfield. Michael. So picture Frankenstein's monster Mm -hmm. and the townspeople after him. And we're going to have Kyle Richards as Lindsay. Michael uh, Anthony Hall is going to come back as Tommy. Nancy Stevens is going to come back as Marion Crane. Charles Seifers is going to come back as uh, Detective Loomis, the the sheriff bracket. Bracket, So we're going to have all these amazing actors from the first film come into this film as well. So Allison is going to kinda of take over the role of Lord who's gonna be the predominant character. So I read that Jamie is gonna take a step back but still be a prominent figure in this movie. There's a series. There's a scene right there, that's chopped yeah. in half. So, so yep. it's it's amazing. And David David says that the kills and the effects in this movie are just unbelievable. So I do believe him because he hasn't disappointed yet. I don't think they started starting Halloween ends yet. Um, they're supposed to come out. Remember, these movies are the late year now. Halloween uh, movie was supposed to be
0: out a couple months ago, and now it's coming out to 2021. Is Carpenter involved in the next Carpenter is
1: executive producing. He's got his eye on it, but he's he's got to get the okay from them to do the film. Because he still owns the original copyrights. So yeah. that's the thing with Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie got the okay from John Carpenter to do the film. But I don't think he's as much into it. I think he just kind of sits back in his phone to say, okay, I like that. Okay, this is good. Now they're going to use that. But it's basically David Golden Green and, and Bloom have Jason Bloom. And again, they've never disappointed because they've, you know, they've given us such great films in the past that, that this one's not going to be... It's going to be amazing. No uh, but Halloween Ends were... I don't think they started anything yet. I just think that we're going to wait until like, this one comes out in the clear and then we're going to take it from there. They might have is- done... Sorry, they might have done some scenes from Halloween Ends that while well, the actors were there but who knows who's dying who knows who's going to come back i mean it's, it's very hush hush
0: why is it so important for the studio to release halloween films on halloween
1: well that's because they want to keep the tradition of the film alive because if you notice the first film all came out all the movies have come out in october from there, i believe. I mean i'm looking at it right now on the screen it all looks it's pretty much all come out that month that's what's different about that because Halloween is specifically for one Friday the 13th, we have twice a year. It could be any time that a film can, can come out. It doesn't significantly have to be that time of year. But to release that film, I remember, according to Folklore, if you watch Halloween Resurrection, which was the movie that came out in 2002, which actually killed Jamie Lee Curtis, when she was in the sanitarium in the beginning in the beginning we actually get to see that michael myers was born october 19th 1957 so he does have a birthday there's a full floor so that's kind of cool and and, and again that movie got such bad reviews but if you watch it again with the whole internet it was a whole beginning of the internet live feed praise and that's why the film i thought it was great And the fact that it brought him back with a story that made sense hey oh yeah you know you continue it
0: Exactly. Now, uh, in the final moments that we have left, I want to talk Is about H. Yeah, it's almost an hour. I want to talk about H2O. Okay. Believe it or not, that was the 20-year anniversary of Halloween. Now we're up to the last 2018 was the 40-year anniversary. I like H2O. Yeah. They brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. Apparently, she faked her own death, went into hiding. Uh, she had a son. She is now like the headmaster of this posh school somewhere in California. And the way Michael finds her is in the beginning, if he, it's when he kills the nurse. Yeah,
1: he finds the Marion Crane, who was the nurse that we see in the first Halloween movie. And when, she they're, used...
0: when her loom is Donald Pleasants, right. who we cannot go without mentioning right. Donald right, Pleasants. Right, right. He is a huge part of what made yeah. the Halloween movie so damn scary. So actually, if
1: you're watching the screen now, you're watching Michael's first kill. His sister. His sister at right? six years Who's old. Who's actually played by uh, Sandy Johnson, who was a Playboy playmate at the time. That's why she had no problem doing the nudity. Oh, wow. Like a, a little wow. stupid. Yeah. So
0: there it is right there, guys. I'm sorry. So if you have kids in the room, just cover their eyes. Mm. at the moment. So H2O, Jamie's alive. She faked her death. Michael finds out she's alive by killing Dr. Loomis's nurse. He goes out to California. Uh, Josh Harnett is in it. His first film. I loved that I loved H2O. Uh, Wasn't LL Cool J also? Yeah. yeah. Uh, It was also Michelle Williams, who was an
1: unknown actress at the time as well. And now is a big time act. Jodie Lynn O'Keefe was in that as well too. A lot of young actors that are now actively working were in that film, and it was uh, also one of um, Janet Lee's last films because she played.
0: Yeah, Janet played Lee, J, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's yeah. mom, has a cameo and a little stupid
1: and a little quote. The car. There's a scene where she terrified Norma scares. Uh, Carrie, played by Jamie, that's a character, and then she walks off screen, and you notice that the car she goes into is the same exact car that she used in Psycho.
0: Psycho, yeah. <laughs> Janet <laughs> Lee was the the you know the famous the first shower. She's a yeah, yeah, yeah. The shower scene that you probably seen a million times of getting killed in the shower. That's Janet Lee. That is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. So yeah, ja- Jamie Lee Curtis has. Uh, the Scream Queen blood in, in her. her. Yeah. Yeah. That's without that's saying. That's a great
1: scene up there, too, on, with when Michael hears her voice. Oh, yeah, time. in the original, after yeah.
0: he kills Linda. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's Jamie Lee. That's what makes her go over across the street to start investigating. Yeah. And, and all hell just breaks loose from there. Part... So, uh, you know, in the last minute here, uh, just give us your thoughts after so many years, Jason, or let's leave Freddie out of this. Yeah. Jason or Michael, who has stood the test of time for guys, you
1: guys? I, I have to go with Michael. Me, Michael too. Myers is my, he's, he's, yeah. And I love, I don't yeah, I love Jason as well, too. But I like Michael's story better and told better because there's a lack of his background, which makes him terrifying and menacing. But I also love Jason, too. But but I would have to go with, with Michael. Michael would definitely be
0: my, yeah. my guy. Michael, I mean, sorry, Jason was just flat-out brutal. Uh, he just wants to kill you in the most brutal way. He has superhuman strength. Uh, but Michael is the boogeyman to yeah. me. And he's there one minute. You know, you see him in the back. Uh, the person turns around, and he's gone. Okay, that's what makes Michael Myers so scary. That's why Michael Myers, in my opinion... Has survived, and history has told us that out of all the big 80s killers and late 70s killers, Michael Myers is the clear winner. Anyway, guys, we have a lot of people agreeing. Uh, Khaleesi says Michael's my favorite. Colette saying Michael is my favorite. Jason's saying Jason. 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 <laughs> He's kind of playing the favorites. I Lindsay get it. Lindsey Sparks also says Michael uh welcome to pdog on twitch simple handler on twitch thank you so much guys for tuning in this hour has just flown by we are actually past the one hour mark thank you so much for tuning in i'll be back on the air again tomorrow marco is going back to new york city tomorrow i'll be back with you guys tomorrow stay safe
1: bye guys S- thank you so much for having me i, I had a i had a ball
0: yes <laughs> it was fun and it's fun you know it's fun doing this with someone live in person. We've done so many virtual interviews. This is actually kind of fun. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, guys, stay safe and stay Stay walking. walking. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.